Hello and welcome to Connect to Love here on PRNFM. I am Lisa LaRose and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Michael J. Ruff. We'd like to welcome you and we're so honored that you choose to listen to us as we share our insights and, and our thoughts about our our lives and what it is that we've learned and what we feel is worthwhile sharing with you. So on last week's show, we had a really delightful conversation about embarking on a journey of self-discovery. We thought it would be fun to continue that conversation since it's such a big topic and it's near and dear to both Michael and my heart. Those of you who were not able to join us last week, what you'll find as you embark on a journey of self-discovery is that it's not only just about understanding more about yourself, but it's really truly at the core of all happiness because a journey of self-discovery is just about you. Rarely do we get to do things in our lives that are just for us, but this is a journey that you embark on where you get to choose the path, you get to uncover who you are and who you aspire to be. You'll find on that journey, um, you have the opportunity to embrace your abilities and uncover hidden talents and really celebrate what it is that makes you unique. There's a fantastic quote that is by somebody that goes by the name of Destiny's Odysseys. And I really love it because it says, discovering who you are today is the first step of being who you will be tomorrow. So who you are today in this moment in time, in this one place, is only a portion of who you will be a year from now or even a month from now. Every day you get to make decisions about your unique journey. Each one of us decides who we want to surround ourselves with, what books we want to read, what TV shows we watch, what we want to tune into, what we choose to listen to, and the conversations we want to have. And from that, we kind of disseminate what values we want to choose to implement and really how we want to spend our time. We're all on our own path. So on that path, you'll find that you can take what you need, find what serves you, and leave what doesn't behind. And that's really the beauty of it all. We are all in complete control of who we are and what we want to be in this life. And I know, Michael, that you have embarked on a journey of self-discovery, and I'd love to really delve in this. So without further ado, Michael, I would like to welcome, welcome you. Thank you. You've got it. You've got to start out with the study first. That's going to be our, our, our piece. The study you told me about, uh, the Harvard study, I think is absolutely phenomenal. So let our peer and audience learn about, hear about that one, and I'll springboard off of that because I think it's perfect. Okay. Well, first of all, I'd like to just um, sum up for those of you who uh, weren't able to join in last week. You know, So if you seek a life of fulfillment or you're looking for meaning, first of all, you have to discover who is it that is driving the bus in that life. Um, you know, some people call it self-actualization um, or self-discovery. You know, everywhere we go, no matter where we are in life, whether we're it, a, a child who's first discovering the limits of their world as a toddler, kind of exploring, you know, on the ground or, you know, later on in kindergarten, we all have a starting point that we can unlock basically our full potential and where we want to go. So 
in research has shown that consistently happiness, the happiest people are the ones with the deepest awareness of who they are. And, it, you know, you kind of look and say, like, where where does that come from? So one of the, the books that I'm currently delving into right now is called The Happiness Advantage. And um, what's so fascinating about this is this young man was, the author of the book, was from Waco, Texas. And he said, you know, when he was looking to apply to schools, he decided to apply to Harvard. Now, <laughs> it's so interesting because he said that as he realized, like mo- a lot of the people that ended up at Harvard with him, they were sort of born and bred for that. You know, they, you know, when the t- by the time they were in uh, school, they were kind of, you know, they had to go to the right elementary school. They had to go <laughs> to the right uh, prep school, whatever it was, because they were going to Harvard. And so when he got accepted to Harvard, he said it was a little bit of a shock. And when he got there, he said he kind of looked around and he said, you know, these people knew about their studies, knew about how to get into things, um, but they really didn't know about happiness. So he said, you know, he was so thrilled to be at Harvard, he, you know, became a proctor, and he, I think, I can't even remember how many years he, his name's Sean Aker, like A-C-H-O-R, how many years, I think he said he was there 12 years, so he said he got to really know the ins and outs, but what he found was there, a lot of his fellow students were really disconnected from who they were. They knew how to perform well in school and they looked towards success and they thought, well, you know, if you reach this pinnacle of success that Harvard will bring, then you'll be happy. And he said what he started to understand was that you need to be happy first uh, before you can be successful. So he started to kind of look at that as a pet research project. He wanted to look at happiness, and he was looking for individuals to volunteer for this research project that he was, and he thought, you know, he put the information out there, and he thought that he would get maybe 20 or 30 people, and to his surprise, he got over a 1,000 participants, and that, you know, was really, uh, I think, the doorway that opened his eyes to how many people we're really missing that deep connection to happiness. And uh, so, you know, when you, when you look at that, um, I think in what are we achieving? You know, what is it that we want to achieve? You know, you think, well, you know, once I graduate college, uh, then I'll be happy. And when I get my first job or when I get this promotion or I get this bonus, then I'll be happy. But really self-discovery and does not it's not dependent on whether or not you get that job, whether you quit your job, get your job, get your promotion, whatever it is. It's really about questioning, you know, what it is that moves you deep in your soul. You know, what where is it that you want to grow? So, uh, Michael, you know, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I know you have a, a deep connection to an inner happiness. Uh, that you have developed at a young age and that has followed you through life. Um, so I'd love to hear what you would is moving you about this conversation. 
Love the fact. Thank you so much. Um, wonderful, of course, to uh, always be your host on the show here on PRNFM. And I got to tell you, um, it, it is it is interesting. I, I know on my own podcast, I must have done at least 10 or 12 episodes about happiness. And they always get a lot of listens because I guess um, uh, what I've come to understand is the same thing that this gentleman understands that people are disconnected from happiness. Um, you lose touch with it. Uh, my simple theory is has been developed from uh, reading a lot and talking to a lot of different people uh, in the field and just my own life, uh, my own experiential wisdom. Uh, as a, I understood that when I was when I started playing drums at seven, I was incredibly happy and satisfied doing it. And when I did it, I was even as I continued to do it, I was continually more happy. And then I discovered that. As I, because I was actually participating in playing drums in a band or practicing or whatever I was doing, I, I was able to, it, it impacted and spread throughout my entire existence, my entire life. And I, I, I didn't really put that together until probably the last, uh, 20 years ago, uh, that this is, there is a, um, a little key, I could call it a little back door to happiness. The happiness is, first off, people, happiness is something that we're born with. We're born happy. Mm -hmm. It's a frequency. It's a frequency we resonate. Happiness, love, empathy, compassion, kindness. We, imp we resonate these higher frequencies the moment we come out of the womb. Uh, we are, we are, uh, we embody these frequencies and they are always within us. We always have that capacity to, to, to resonate happiness and all of the higher frequencies of unconditional love, et cetera, and joy. And somehow, uh, as a child, we, as we progress in our life, we lose touch with it because we, then we begin to engage with the outer world, our outer world. And it's our parents, it's our siblings, it's dogs, cats, it's the next door neighbor, it's school, uh, mates, it's everybody, it's everything outside of us. Okay. There's us, what's going on in us. And then there's everything outside of us. And it's our engagement with what's going on outside of us that actually uh, impacts our happiness because of the way we respond to what we are exposed to. Mm -hmm. So I see happiness as a flow. It's a flow that's already within us. We were born with it. We've got this frequency. We can resonate at any time we choose. And all we have to do is tap into the flow. How do we tap into the flow? We manage our outer world in a way that allows our happiness to flow. And we manage ourselves. And the, the, ourselves, when we're managing ourselves, we're managing our, our, what we engage in, our actions, the actions that we take, the responses we have to life, the actions what we choose. Um, by the way, I should tell you something that's really interesting. Harvard has a policy of making sure that they're providing some diversity of thought. That means they don't want a school full of people who know how to take tests and do other things. So it's not surprising that this particular gentleman got into Harvard because they specifically look for students who don't fit the normal mold to come in and make sure that there's a, a plethora of different thought going on. You know, you know what I'm saying? So his, what, he, what he was doing, he caught their attention because of the way he's, he was thinking. And Harvard would see that as being beneficial to the whole. 
And, and really, that's kind of what I like about Harvard, quite frankly. Um, it's not just a, a, a school full of brainiacs and people who can take tests and get, you know, 4.0, 4.1 grade point averages that can't think their way out of a paper bag, yet they can take a great test. Um, and you, you learn about happiness. You learn about these things by having a group of people that uh, uh, resonate those frequencies and you're being exposed to them after you leave home. So here's the thing. The question I always ask is, why am I not happy? Well, you're not happy because you're basing your happiness on something outside of you instead of what's going on inside of you. We talk about self-discovery. If you were to discover that you had a knack for drawing, you had a knack for music, you had a knack for woodworking, you had a knack for whatever it was, that, uh, that, that you, and you started to engage in that, it's exclusive to you, and you you discover that you're, you're good at it. It brings you a sense of satisfaction to participate in it. When you're participating in it, you feel great. You feel good about yourself. You feel good about your life. There's, there's, there's nothing bad out there in the world. Everything is great. Everything is right in your world. When you are participating in that thing, that talent or gift that, that you know is, is, you've discovered is unique to you, that satisfaction allows your happiness, your, the happiness frequency that you already have within you that you had you were born with to flow. And it's all about what you do, how you're thinking, how you respond to life, and whether those, your responses to life actually enable your happiness to flow or not. And saying, I'm going to be happy when this thing occurs, when, I, when I, you're seeking, it's a, it's a journey. Why are you not, why would you deny yourself happiness until you reach that point? And I can tell you from personal experience Time and time again, when you set uh, that intention to be happy when, when that time comes, it's not fulfilling. It's not fulfilling because it's, it's hollow, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you set a goal, most of the time, you know, you're, in a, you're in a job and some, your, your boss uh, gives you, a, your employer gives you a financial goal, and you, you not only meet that goal, but you blow it out of the water. And that day comes when the bonus comes to you. And you see the check and you're like, okay, this is great. However, there's no sense of satisfaction in receiving the check for what you've been doing. If you weren't, you busted your hump, you stressed out, you had sleepless nights, you weren't happy all along the way. And, but you were expecting to be happy when you received that bonus check, which you've been working for all year. It's hollow because it, it's something outside of you that you were tagging your happiness to you know it's it's crazy uh however if you what you have to do in order to experience in my view uh a, a constant uh plethora of happiness on a daily basis from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed is to make sure that you are taking care of you and that you are engaging and involving yourself in things that are unique to you, your own talents and your gifts. You have to participate in them. They help ground you, number one. They also give you, they help you resonate from a frequency automatically because you're participating in them. You're getting that satisfaction from them, a sense of fulfillment from it mm-hmm. uh, that uh, just allows it to, to continue to flow. And that's, that is, when I, when, I, when I frame it like that, um, I, get, I get responses from people that, okay, I finally get it now. 
this 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 pitching my train to this thing that I have no control over, and generally that's the case. Like everything outside of you is not something you can control. You can only control yourself, what you think, what you, how you feel, um, the inner conversations that are going on, what you feel you're capable of or not, and the responses you have to life as it unfolds before you. That's it. And um, I, I'm fascinated by this, Lisa. I've got to tell you, I'm absolutely fascinated by it to the point where when I get up in the morning, I design my day around this, around my work and everything in a way that is that brings me a sense of satisfaction. And then I don't have to concern myself with whether I'm happy or not. I already am. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Even if I have to go to the barn and muck stalls or whatever, my perceptions of that drive my happiness. My perceptions of what I'm doing, they drive happiness because I keep positive perceptions. This is the other linchpin of this thing. How we perceive our outer world has everything to do with whether we're feeling happy inside or not. If something happens and we perceive it as bad, all the negative connotations that, you know, validate that are, are what, we're, what mm-hmm. we're going to experience. And then if we see something as being good, uh, positive in our life, then we'll experience all the rest of it. And that includes happiness. So I kind of boil it down to a couple of things. Self-discovery, of course, figure out what you get at, gifts and talents, and, and also Make sure that the way you're perceiving what's unfolding outside of you that you have no control over is as positive as possible. You have that choice. You you can choose positive, you can choose negative, whatever it is. I say choose positive or neutral. Either see it as something that's just happening in front of you, don't dedicate any energy to it, or see it as as an opportunity to learn, as an opportunity to expand or evolve uh, or to practice transcending uh, experiences in life. So I didn't need to go on and on about that. However, this is a subject that is uh, wildly fascinating. Uh, it me. is. <laughs> you know, it, 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 what's, and it really makes a difference to the actual physiology of the body. One of the things, and I was so mm-hmm. interested in this book, and he said, he said, you know, if you take the yin and the yang symbol and you turn it on its side, he said it's kind of like mm-hmm. that wave. You know, it goes up and down and up and down. You know, you've got your good and your bad, but, you know, you, the one will wash out the other. And he, they yeah. cited a study in the book, actually, and it was, I, I don't know if they were Benedictine nuns. Uh, I apologize, I don't remember the order. But they looked at their journals um, after they were deceased, and they found that the nuns that tended to be more positive uh, and wrote about, you know, with gratitude and really resonated mm-hmm. with things that were um, inspirational tended to mm-hmm. live at least 10 years longer than the other nuns um, that were mm-hmm. more pessimistic, which I thought was so fascinating. And then they went on to say that actually, um, you know, that neuroscience has shown that the brain is malleable. It responds um, to practice so that the more you engage with happiness, the more frequently you will see a physical change. It's like your body will welcome those positive emotions. It's literally strengthens you just like a muscle so um you know and i thought to myself you know (laughs) you're going to laugh about this but i thought if you had you know people will make 
we used to make mixtapes, right? Uh, back when mm-hmm. right. you had exactly. a cassette tape, mm-hmm. and now and now people mm-hmm. put them on their iPod. They they make this playlist, right? Yeah. right? And I have mm-hmm. on right. my iPod, you know, when I'm exercising, you know, there's music that literally makes me happy. You know, I don't think mm-hmm. I have anything that's, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I don't have a chill. <laughs> playlist on my on my iPod. Um, but, you know, that being said, so if you were to create or curate, as you so eloquently uh, speak about, you know, that playlist to create happiness, you know, you have to ask yourself, what would be on that playlist? So, you know, every day, like reminding yourself, you know, what are we going to do? You know, play in the sunshine, you know, you walk on the beach, uh, you know, I spend time with my dogs. Those are sort of on my playlist. Um, and, mm-hmm. and again, it's that reminder to play to uh, really embody and, um, I don't know, radiate that childlike wonder, which I, you know, there's so many things to marvel at every day, every day, no matter what it is um, that, you know, you, you run into. And it just, um, you know, <laughs> I really do. I, I, sometimes I amuse myself. I, I just, you know, really amuse myself. So I guess, Michael, what would be on, on your playlist? So if I, if I looked into the things that you do to curate your happiness daily, uh, or what are some suggestions you could uh, offer our listeners? Well, I'm a big, thank you so much. I, I, quite frankly, I'm sitting here writing my tail off here because first music is, is huge when it comes to um, actually being joyful. I, I, I challenge anyone to listen to a song. Uh, music just has that, it, it's vibrationary. Okay. It's vibrational. Excuse me. It's, it's, it is, it is a frequency. Music is a frequency and in music is an elephant. It's an element of alchemy. If you're, if you're down, music can transform how you feel and it can transform your, mm-hmm. as a result of that, transform your thinking as well. It can, you can go from pessimistic to positive. You can go from hopeless to, to hopeful. Uh, and you can do that through music. And mm-hmm. I do have curated, I have a curated playlist. I have a drum playlist that I'm developing continually of songs that I want to play the drums to, that I want to play to. Uh, when I am uh, in, in the house by myself and the cat's in another part of the house. Um, I, I have a music that I uh, listen to when I walk by myself. If I'm walking by myself, power walking, I'll listen to music that is um, meditative. Um, Peter Sterling. Mm-hmm. And uh, I listen to actually that, that Brian Scott meditation music, which I really, really love. It just puts me in a, uh, it puts my mind in a space of relaxation while I'm walking and it, it's just totally, it just takes you to another world. Um, however, to answer your question, to answer your question, curating, I do curate my day and uh, on purpose, I make sure when I wake up in the morning, there are, I have a certain routine that I go through, I get up and I started going instead of walk, power walking three miles a day, I started going to the barn and then walking a mile, mile and a half after that. Um, and mainly that's to support my girlfriend and her uh, endeavor at her place. I didn't want her to be out there by herself, uh, in the drudgery of cleaning a stall, uh, by herself and having to dump the muck buckets by herself. And so I made it a couple's thing. 
that was something I did a year and a half ago when our horse got sick, got ill, and uh, we were running all over the country, you know, dealing with vets. And I said, you know what, she needs me, and I'm I'm going to be there for her and help her, uh, help make this a positive thing for her. So that's what I do. I go out there and I make it a positive. Um, 20 minutes that we're there. Literally, we're only there 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, and we do everything we need to do in that period of time. And then I come home and we take a walk and we eat and I go upstairs and uh, into my office and sit on the couch. Uh, and I meditate for between 20 minutes to an hour, however long I feel I need to just zone out. And I imagine um, my day I imagine my life. I uh, get into an alpha state. Sometimes I drop down into theta, uh, and I'm listening to the same meditative music, and it helps put me in a, in a, in a place. I feel so awesome when I'm done. And these are things I do for me because I have to put mm-hmm. me first. We right. Have to That's put part ourselves of your first. self-discovery, right? Exactly. You've got to put yourself, you put yourself first. Stop doing what everybody else wants you to do. Um, if you keep doing that, you will uh, eventually um, feel like your life is out of control when it's the one thing in life you have complete and total control of is your life. Um, this whole idea that, uh, that I'm, uh, you know, something else is driving my life is, is to me a ridiculous notion. The choices you make have consequences, and if you acquiesce to what everybody else wants you to do instead of what you know is right for you and what you need to do to support you, and in turn, when you do that, when you make choices that benefit you, uh, you let the happiness flow that's already deep within you. That's, it's just automatic. It's not something you have to say, oh, I'm going you know, to be happy today. No, you don't, you don't say that. You just feel it. And Mm -hmm. the one thing I always say, feelings are the litmus test. Um, It's the steering wheel, so to speak. I'm coming up with a different analogy here, but um, feelings are the guide that you have to begin to use to move through life. Because what you're exposed to will create feelings and emotions. And what you do for yourself creates feelings and emotions. And if you pay attention to what you're feeling, is it positive? Is it negative? You know, are you happy, joyful? Are you fearful? Are you worried? Are you frustrated? Are you angry about something? Are you, have you branded yourself with a victim? Then you, if you know that, then you can immediately start engaging some alchemy to, to flip the switch, to move you from below the neutral line of frequency to above the, the uh, neutral line of frequency. Take yourself from negative to positive. I call it turning lead into gold um, from an alchemy perspective. And that is the way I operate my entire day is with intention to experience the happiness, the flow of happiness that's deep in me instead of, you know, putting out there and saying, you know, if I, if I, uh, if this happens today, I'm going to feel really good. That is a, that kind of statement sets you up for, failure because you're tying your happiness to something you have no control over. I mean, this is what people do day after day after day after day. <laughs> if this person, they have expectations. Mm-hmm. If this thing happens, I'm going to be happy. If it doesn't happen, I'm not going to be happy. So why would you tie your happiness to something that you have no control over? I control me. I can, I can be happy anywhere 
I can be happy in a coach seat on a 12-hour flight. And I know some people who just the thought of that is, I've done it. I've flown. I've flown 10 hours to Frankfurt, stayed the night, and flown 12 hours to Hong Kong in a coach seat. Now, I didn't fly to Frankfurt in a coach seat. I flew business class. But then I had to fly in a coach seat all the way to Hong Kong on a full, on a full 747. Now, I could set myself up for disaster and say that this is going to be the absolute worst flight I've ever taken in my life before even set foot on the plane. Or I can arrange my perspective of it to be positive versus negative. I'm going to enjoy this. This is going to be, a, this is going to be something I, have, I don't do very often. Let's make this a good experience versus a bad experience. It's all about the perception you, you, uh, of what is going to go on. Whatever perception you adopt, that is the script that, you, that plays out. It just always does. That's, you know, everything, thoughts have consequences. So I've, I've done that, and I could be happy there. You know, Nelson Mandela mm-hmm. spent 27 years in a, I think it was a six-by-eight cell. Might have the measurements off, but it was pretty small. And one of the things that, that, that he did in that time frame, he realized that he, in order for him to survive and thrive, he would have to adopt a positive perception of his circumstances. And, of the, and he didn't blame the people around him because they were just the messengers. Um, he employed a lot of forgiveness and a lot of gratitude. And that's how he got through 27 years. Now, Somebody who, I don't think he even knew he was going to be there 27 years. It's just one year after another, which it's is even more challenging. Yeah, oh. it's, it's a challenge. Yeah, if you, if you said, you know, you're going to have to go uh, work on this ranch for two weeks, and you're going to go, wow, I, I don't even want to do that. You're going to have to muck stalls, and you're going to have to clean up after goats, and you're going to have to do this, and you get to feed them, and you have to put hay down, and you get to lift this, you know, all this labor. And you're like, I don't do that kind of stuff. And, but you have to go do it. So how do you make it fun? How do you adopt a, a positive perspective about what you're going to do so that you can actually enjoy it and get the most out of it? Because you never know who you're going to meet. You never know right. what kind of, again, relational connections you'll make. You don't know how the work is going to impact you. Um, are you going to get a workout? Are you out of shape? You'll get a workout. You meet, you're going to be there with people you don't know yet. You'll, you'll, find a way to relation and connect with people. You will, um, maybe you'll learn cooking styles. You'll, you'll learn whatever it is. You can, you can decide it's the worst thing ever, or it can be the best thing ever for you. And that's the choice you're making in every single moment in your life. And mm-hmm. I simply choose it's the best thing versus the worst thing. That's simply I, it. A hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's, it's funny it's you mentioned that about the coach seat because um, you know, on my journey, which, you know, is part of the, the self-discovery journey, I, you know, I travel a lot like you, and mm-hmm. sometimes I just really want to read a book. I just, you know, want to get on that plane and read a book. And I usually, because I have long legs, try to get an aisle seat. I don't like to sit near the window. But this particular flight, I got stuck in the middle. And there was a oh, yeah. to my to my right, and there was a, a <laughs> lady to the left, and I thought, okay, this is perfect. You know, I can just read my book. Well, the lady to the left of me started 
speaking to me and asking me questions and she was going to see her, her granddaughter and, you know, she asked all sorts of questions and I, you know, I enjoyed the conversation with her. Well, she got up to go to the restroom and the gentleman who was on my right said, oh my goodness, you know, you are just so patient. And, you know, I would never would have had the patience <laughs> with that conversation. But I said, oh no, it was in- enjoyable. You know, I learned a lot about a state that I don't know very much about and where she was from and, and whatnot. And then he, he had happened to ask about the book that I was reading and I started sharing uh, some different things with him. So to make a long story short, she came back from the restroom, she fell asleep and he talked my ear off the rest of the flight. But what's so yeah. fascinating is he, <laughs> his brother is a, is a pretty well-known um, motivational speaker, works with Bob Proctor as well as some other individuals. And, you know, he's just, he's such a fascinating individual. And both of us at the end of the flight, I mean, nobody wanted to be fresh with the other one, but I'm like, I really love your number. I'd like to keep in touch with you. And he's become such a good friend. And and I never did get a chance to read my book, but that was okay Mm -hmm. because the gift that I received, not just from her, but also from him, has really continued to give back to me. And so, Absolutely. you know, when you're, you're, you're in that space, you know, you, you, you be in gratitude more, more than not, and, you know, really count your blessings because what it is that shows up for you, you just never, ever know. And, and I think that that helps us find meaning and purpose. I think that it gives us a positive uh, direction a lot of times. Sometimes it can just be uh, a, a few words that somebody says to us that really give us uh, another look at our own lives and opportunity to take a more optimistic path. Um, I'd like to mention... Yeah, I'd like to mention, you know, uh, Michael has created these really amazing journals. You know, I have one on my desk for courage and strength, but there's also one for resilience. And, you know, I use journaling. Um, it helps me sort of bounce forward. Like if I have a, a challenge, like it helps me utilize a, a way to cope with things and to kind of sift through if I write down ideas or sometimes inspiration, you know, can happen uh, when I'm journaling. And I think that that's a really wonderful tool in uh, the, the, I guess the journey to self-discovery and as well as happiness. You know, you write down what it is that you value about yourself, what are your gifts, what are your talents. Um, I'd like to hear, you know, because you created these journals, Michael, as a tool for people. Um, But I'd also like to hear about how you've utilized um, journaling in your in your work and your path and, and your journey to Man. self-discovery. <laughs> Divorce number one, uh, I journaled a lot. <laughs> Let's put it this way. You know, you have all these thoughts going through your, your head and uh, writing down, getting those thoughts out of your head is important. Um, if you want to be able to sleep at night and there's something challenging going on in your life, the the way you sleep is to, before you go to bed, if there's anything bouncing around in your head, you write it down. And you write it down maybe as perhaps this is what I want to focus on tomorrow. Um, you write about the, the gratitude you have for what went on today, who you met, 
uh, sitting next to, to two people left and right on the plane. Those people are no accident. Mm-hmm. I never, it, it's, it's interesting. Um, I, I will say this. And, and I mean, I've, I've flown coach to Malaysia twice, uh, 14 hour flights with two hours late, two hour layovers not included in that 16 hours total. Um, when you're, when I go on a plane, I know because I don't believe in accidents or coincidences. I know that the person next to me is there for a reason. So I basically find out why mm-hmm. they're sitting next to me. And, and that's not that I go to them and say, why are you sitting next to me? <laughs> that's, not, that's not it. <laughs> for sure. Uh, kind of right. a goofy question. What are you doing here? Uh, no, I, I just basically strike up a conversation. And then when you're on a plane, the first thing you want to say is, the way you start a conversation is, where are you going? Where are you off to? You know, and then they just start talking, you know, and the way you get people to open up to you is you ask them how they feel about things. How do you mm-hmm. feel about flying? You know, how do you feel about going back and seeing your, your, your parents or whatever? How's that make you feel? You know, and, and they don't know you're, you're not trying to be a psychologist or anything. You're just uh, asking people yes or no questions doesn't actually um, create any conversation. And right. the way you connect with people is to is through feelings. And if you do that as quickly as possible, then you can, you know, I mean, you can comment about, you know, what they're wearing, the bag they had, it, serious, sincere, uh, kind acknowledgments of another person, uh, elicit positivity and conversation and positive comments. And uh, I, I journal. Um, now, what I'm journaling about is things I imagine for myself mm. more than anything else. I, I journal. I'm, I'm, big into, I'm learning more about the imagination right now and the power of it, and I'm seeking to share that mm-hmm. as much as possible. Um, you cannot achieve what you can't see. You're not going to be what you can't see. You have to see what you intend to become. Whatever your intentions, goals, or dreams are, you have to, you have to imagine yourself um, living them in, even though you're nowhere near them. If you're going to be a doctor and you're just starting school, uh, your first year of regular college, you got nine years to go or whatever, how many years it may be, you have to envision yourself being with people, being with patients, speaking to people who are ill, solving problems, working things through. You envision that for yourself. Um, imagine it. And uh, mm-hmm. I imagine where I'm, where I'm going. I imagine myself on a plane going somewhere, my girlfriend and I going here, going there. We talked about things when we have, when we walk uh, or ride in a car. Sometimes I'll just turn off the music and go, Hey, let's have this, let's play this fun game. Money, no object. Where would you go? What would you do? And, you know, it's just fun to, to do that. We cubbyhole ourselves and cubbyhole our imagination uh, because we get, we get tripped up by the how. Forget how. How does it matter? How is left up to the universe? All you have to do is create the desire, the want, mm-hmm. and to imagine it and to feel yourself in it. Uh, and that's what I write about now is how I feel about um, what those things are, what my intentions are. Um, if I want to buy a car next year, I know what kind of car it is. I know what color it is. I know what the interior is. I know what the horsepower is, electric or hybrid. I know, I know it. I, I know all that. And I write that sort of thing down. And I, and I refer to it 
believe it or not, morning and night. I look at that journal of my imagination. I peruse it morning and night. Before I go to bed, first thing I do is come up to my office and sit down quietly, and I look at my journal of my imagination. And That's fantastic. I read things. And sometimes something comes to me that day. I go, oh, yeah, I want to write that. I want to, I want to, I say, I want to, I want this. You know, I want this. I want that. I see myself doing this. I have this. Uh, I am that. And that's, that is not only, you know, our imagination can take us to places that we otherwise would never go to because we have, we, we are caught up in, again, the how. I don't know if you're familiar mm-hmm. with a gal by uh, Athara Lovejoy. Are you familiar? No, I'm she not. She wrote this um, book. Sorry. She wrote this cool book called The One Command. Mm, One wow, Command. That sounds... She's, she talks, <laughs> talks all intriguing. over the country. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an alpha, theta command system where you command things into your life. It's a one, through one command. And uh, I'm not going to – you have to go get the book. So I know what the one command is. It's very simple. Uh, however, I was fascinated by something in the, in the book that, I, that she, sta- she said. And I read this like – my gosh, it was like 20 – before I moved here to Florida. So it was like 22 years ago. Uh, I was envisioning – I was you know, through divorce number one. And I was envisioning something different for myself. And she said something to me that somebody else echoed. Uh, um, it was Doreen Virtue echoed in a different way. Uh, she said, imagine, feel yourself, see yourself there, and forget about mm-hmm. how. The how trips up the subconscious. We get, we get all caught up in how it's going to happen, Right. You say, I'm mm-hmm. going to be a doctor, and then you get all, and then you, then you go, no, I don't want to do that because I don't know how that's going to happen. You know, my grade point average is three, you know. Um, forget that. You can, you can raise your grade point average. You can do whatever you need to do. However, more, pe- more dreams, goals, and intentions go by the wayside because people are focused on how. Forget about how. Just start taking action. Mm-hmm. You'll meet people. You'll, something will happen. The universe will line up to give you what you want as long as you don't put the roadblock of how. Because how mm-hmm. is never going to make sense. It never makes sense. All of a sudden, you go out, and you, the first thing, thing you do, I'm going to buy this car. I'm, you meet somebody who's driving that car. You're going like, I haven't seen one of these things ever, but now I've seen it. Because I set the intention in my imagination to have that thing at some particular point. And I don't, I don't care how. Doreen Virtue said, forget about how and why when it comes to challenges that you have in your life, things that need solutions, things that you expose yourself to. If somebody passes away in your life unexpectedly, a friend, a lover, whatever it could be, a child, focusing on how and why doesn't ever put you, doesn't ever move you forward. It keeps you mired in the past. It never moves you forward. What? What actions you take to move forward from there? That's what you want to focus on. Focus on the what. What? What actions you need to take? How and why is a, is a, is a, is a, uh, they call it a, it's quicksand. It just keeps mm-hmm. taking you down. And so I, I agree. Yeah, you focus on it. How and the why? <laughs> yeah. Forget about it. Uh huh. Yep. And somebody that, that was one of the secrets that I learned many years ago was already see it done. And when you, there's some, and it's amazing because time sort of is an illusion. 
when you already see it done. You're like, okay, I don't know how this is going to happen. It doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. Or even in what timing. I just know that it is. And you already see it exactly. done. And yeah. it just... The right, you'll meet the right people. You attract all of those other things. And um, many years ago, and I know a lot of people had watched the movie The Secret, and just recently Rhonda Byrne came out with a new book um, entitled The Greatest Secret. I don't know if she's making it into a, a movie or not the same way that she did the other, but I, I listened to the book the other day, and, and it had some really fascinating and fabulous thought leaders who, you know, Everybody from Yogananda to um, Peter Laurie to um, Deepak Chopra, a lot of people that I really uh, respect their thoughts. And and what I found so interesting, and I won't be, I won't give the spoiler, you know, of what the book's all about. But generally speaking, it all had to do with having lasting happiness now and cultivating the awareness that you. You, it, it's your divine right. It's your mm-hmm. divine right. So on that journey mm-hmm. to self-discovery, if you if you already see it done, know that you have lasting happiness. It's here for you now. There is no no chasing it. it it's here for you right now, uh, which I think is is really. You know, where we all want to be, I think, you know, when you have that awakening. And I, and I don't think she was sort of um, discounting her, her first documentary, but she sort of said, no. you know, it, afterwards she sort of found herself floundering. You know, here she had all this success, you know, she had all of mm-hmm. this recognition, and she found herself not in that space of happiness. And so... To find and to go back, she actually uh, connected with a teacher. She doesn't name who the teacher is. I think um, you know wanted to keep it um, anonymous, but basically, you know, sharing what she felt was the greatest discovery any human being could ever make, and that was basically that you know you are you are happy now. And you only have today. There is no past. We, you know, no matter how much you try to go forward or go backwards, um, you only have the now. And and so, when you're journaling, if you if you happen to to pick up a journal and start writing, I think that that's an important part too. You know, the things that you write down that may seem so big and overwhelming. Uh, maybe a few weeks from now, you know, a year from now, you look back and you go, wow, that was really small. I can't even believe that that was holding me up as an obstacle. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I'd love True. for you to to speak about that a little bit, Michael, if you, if you wouldn't mind. Well, it's interesting because um, in, in, in my view, the hitch in the giddy up for most people, that's a, <laughs> oh, I love that thing. I right? I'm gonna have to. Oh, yeah, that. No, my mother, my <laughs> mother would come up, come up with that. The hitch in your giddy up basically uh, is, is it, which is preventing you from moving forward in many, many cases, is that you don't. Um, you can have the best vision in the world. You can have the best imagination. You have to have one other thing. You have to be able to. Uh, appropriately positive, I should say, respond to the things that you don't imagine, things that mm-hmm. happen. And, um, you know, because people will get, and you have to be flexible as well. I imagine things. However, 
as you both, as if you just said, in many cases, you'll get greater than what you imagine. If you just, you've, you've got to be agile, you've got to be flexible in your thinking about your intentions and your, what you're imagining, your goals, your dreams. Um, because instead of just a doctor in an emergency room, which you might dream about, you might be a doctor in a biomedical facility, research facility. Mm-hmm. You might be, you might get opportunities to go somewhere else. But you're, no, 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 I wanted to be in an emergency room. No, the greatest opportunity in the world is staring you in the face and you're going, no, but that wasn't my dream. No, my dream was to be there. And uh, you have to be flexible, be agile to be able to mm-hmm. move and, and say, you know, maybe this is happening for a reason. Let's look at the reason it might be happening and move with it, flow with it instead of fighting it, fighting it. Um, mm-hmm. When I, when I, when I journal, um, I generally would imagine when I was when I when I have a challenge in my life, uh, I like to journal my thoughts, and it's not necessarily for forgiveness or gratitude, but just like I said, get whatever is in my head that I'm thinking out of my head. Um, I can go back and, and and look at journal from 20 years ago, from 22 years ago, from my first divorce, and I and none of it, and I look at that person and I see how far that person has evolved, because I, I'm number one. I you can get in trouble if you if you your your twenty twenty year older self is not going to be able to relate to that person because that was that you're you were completely different then and you've been exposed to so much since and I did it again when I went through a second divorce you know two years later where I, I you know I and I had to journal about what I was thinking and and uh, how why I did what I did and I got the you want to talk about self discovery. Uh, when you're with somebody for a for 15 years, if you're married to somebody for 15 years, uh, or for any lengthy period of time, generally you I hate to say it, but you lose your identity, you lose your individuality, mm-hmm. you become you become succumb you succumb to the we, which means you give up a lot of what you enjoy and what makes you happy for the we are happy, and in my view the worst mistake you can make in a relationship. And I just come to understand that, that it is two people who are strong on their own, happy and um, content and involved with their own talents and gifts can come together and create an awesome relationship from a position of, a position of strength, not a mm-hmm. position of need or want. And so, I, uh, when I tell this to people, you know, I see they're getting married. I'm going, fantastic. Stay individual, stay an individual, come together and talk about what you do, what, what never give up your thing. You know, if you give up your thing to do, to now do things together, you're going to regret giving up your thing. Cause that thing made you happy. That thing, let the happiness flow within you. It, it, it was able to, you're able to take the, the awesome positive feelings from that thing that you really loved and translate them. They make you a whole person. They make you a happy person. You bring them to the relationship, and all of a sudden, it shines. And mm-hmm. the other person does the same thing. Then you have this really bright, this brilliant relationship going on where love can actually flow because you love you for what you are doing. Uh, there's way too much of this. Um, situation where one person is, doesn't feel whole. They want, they meet somebody, they want to, that person makes them feel whole. And what that happens then is that you, you're 
actually pinning your your love of of self you think on someone else making someone else responsible for you loving yourself or having love in your life or having happiness in your life uh and it doesn't doesn't work so i was journaling about this um in my second relationship i was journaling about this and I go back and I read it now and I go, wow, you, know, you, you, you had some epiphanies back then. So journaling has a lot of different, it can help you move through something, a challenge in your life. Uh, it, it's awesome when you get to the point where you can just imagine things. Um, and I have different journals for these things. Um, something when I have a challenge, I'll write in a different journal. Uh, I'll have, you know, I don't necessarily have a gratitude or a forgiveness journal. I'll just basically... Um, I've gotten to the point in life where I don't need to write those things down. I just have them in my mental notepad. And I just, you know, what's interesting is that I find myself, whenever I, I have a thought about my past or something that, not necessarily something I regret, but a challenge that I've had in my life, I say, Ho'oponopono. I repeat that very quickly. I, I've gotten to do it more right. since we had that show about Ho'oponopono. Since we had that show, I find myself saying that uh, prayer of forgiveness uh, for myself. Just I might be driving down the road in my car. I might be with my girlfriend. We're driving, doing something. And I have this momentary thought where mm-hmm. I've taken myself back to a, a point in my life where I, I kind of like, one of those points where, you know, I wish I hadn't said that. I wish I hadn't done that. And you're going like, okay, good. No, no, no. We can't go to the wish I hadn't. There is no regret. There. <laughs> I get it. Uh, that city yep. doesn't exist, right? So right. I simply say, oponopono, once, twice, three times, it's out of my head. I mm-hmm. forgive myself for it, and I just move on. And the, the more you're, you're it, it is something that um, is ingrained in you with, with, from a perspective of, why well, I wish I hadn't done that or you're living, again, in Regretville, uh, that city of nowhere, um, then you, you keep saying that. You have to, weigh, have, to have a way of, of forgiving yourself for things because mm-hmm. you're going to make mistakes. And um, I haven't started saying a ponopono on the golf course yet. Things are moving too quickly. Uh, <laughs> however, Probably. I get that. Yep. I get it. Yeah. However, yeah, I, however, I, I find everything... myself saying it just like you all the time. <laughs> yeah, you do? All totally. the time. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, uh, it's a my dog, everything, tool. you know, and it's, it's shifting. Yeah. It, it, the things that it shifts is, is miraculous. So we'll have to, I'll have to save that story for another show. But I, I just yeah, real absolutely. quick want to comment, Michael, because when you talk about, you know, sometimes getting out of your comfort zone, um, and trying something new, maybe journaling, you know, you're like, Oh, I could, I could never do that. Well, you know what? How do you know you, you can't do that? And, you know, just find, you know, the, the Angel Life Journals are really fantastic. You can find them on Amazon. <laughs> They're a good, a good starting yep. point, you know, so you, that they give you kind of some props or some, you know, there, there's little quotes, lots of inspiration from Michael. But, um, you know, and I think that when you do start, you know, you have to understand that your life is happening right now. You know, there is... You know, you don't know if there's a tomorrow. So what are you waiting for? You know, and so don't limit yourself. I love that you um, 
have the you're focusing on imagination um you know you're you're not limiting yourself by a few ideas whatever is coming in you know it's it's all about your journey of self-discovery you know you're learning new things there's things you may not have heard of you might jot them down so it's ever evolving you know it doesn't have to what your journal about doesn't have to relate to what you wrote about uh in the morning it can be something, you know, completely different. And, you know, so you know, you kind of, you, you work through it. It's sort of like, um, I don't know, your own self-expression. It's your own part of self-discovery. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. as you journal, you start to create a heightened sense of awareness of your thoughts and your sensations. You raise your frequency. And then, you know, happiness just flows to you. And uh, that's sort of the way this show is for me. And I'm so grateful, you know, each and every week oh, yeah. here, um, to have the, this opportunity to speak on PRNFM and, uh, you know, join Michael on Connect to Love and share our ideas and thoughts. And, um, oh, yeah. you know, it, it just is. It's it's a very big topic, and I'm sure we'll, we'll circle back to it many times. Oh, and I, we will. I, yeah. Gosh, I love that giddy-up saying. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> on that note, I'm going to let you, you close out the show because uh, I just I, – I think I'm going to be smiling about that uh, all night long. Hitching you, giddy up. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it's. Um, thank you. Everything you said is 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 ditto um, a thousand times. I, I love being with you on the show. I love that we can have an unscripted conversation. A lot of you know, I have this tendency sometimes to go off on a tangent here or there, and it's all relevant to, in this case to what uh, to you discovering yourself and you being a better you, uh, being a better you tomorrow than you were today. Um, and, uh, the journals are a great way to start angel life journals on, on, uh, Amazon, uh, are, uh, uh, and I have to, a couple more I want to design. However, I'll say this, you can do them be anything you want. And if you're, if you're journaling, none of it has to make sense. You're not writing a novel. Nobody's judging you. Just simply start writing things down. Doesn't have to have a beginning or an end. Doesn't have to have a period or a comma. It doesn't have to be grammatically correct. It's just you thinking on paper. And thoughts in many cases don't aren't coherent. They're not cohesive. And uh, so don't put obstacles in your way when it comes to journaling for the first time. All right? Absolutely. Thank you. And uh, looking forward to our, our next discovery and self-discovery on, the, on this journey together. Thank you so much. Thank you.